Welcome to the third episode of the EGOs and MRCI podcast. Today we are featuring Kristen Carter from the Pennsylvania Geological Survey. The mission of the Geological Survey is to collect and disseminate information about the geology of Pennsylvania. They provide sound science to support good decision-making regarding Pennsylvania's geologic resources and environment. Their products are available to government agencies, the private sector, and to the public. Their work includes many subjects affecting Pennsylvania's physical and economic health, including water resources, mineral resources, energy, infrastructure, geologic hazards, and the environment. Carbon storage is just one example of the multidisciplinary applied scientific work they do for the Commonwealth. Hi everyone, welcome back for another podcast episode of EGOs and MRCI. Today we have a very special guest. Her name is Chris Carter and she is from the Pennsylvania Geological Survey Economic Geology Division. Hi, Chris. Welcome. How are you doing today? Great. I'm fine. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm really excited to talk to you. So to start off today, would you please give our audience an introduction about yourself, uh, maybe something about your career background, your current career goals and passions, and which CCS interagency workgroup are you currently leading? Yes, sure. I'd be happy to. Um, I, I was born and raised here in southwestern Pennsylvania. I got my bachelor's degree uh, from Allegheny College, which is in northwestern PA. I doubled it, uh, double majored in geology and environmental science there. And my master's degree is in geological sciences from Lehigh University on the other side of Pennsylvania in, in Bethlehem, PA. Um, when I got out of school, I worked for about a, a decade in the environmental consulting field. I specialized in contaminant hydrogeology. Uh, but in late 2001, I guess it was, I joined the, the Pennsylvania Geological Survey, where I still am today. And I manage the survey's economic geology division and work as a certified petroleum geologist there. Um, as far as career goals and active research, I've been involved with the state's geologic carbon storage research since 2003. And I currently serve as Pennsylvania's primary investigator for Battelle's Midwest Regional Carbon Initiative or MRCI project. Uh, in addition to that, I lead uh, the state of Pennsylvania's CCUS interagency work group. So this was established by the Wolf administration back in 2019. And the goal of this group of folks from the Department of Conservation and Natural Resources, to which I belong, uh, our Department of Environmental Protection, and the Department of Community and Economic Development, uh, we facilitate engagement with the uh, public and private sector on the topic of CCUS because we want to facilitate the deployment of carbon storage projects here in PA and the, the greater Appalachian region more broadly. Um, I guess, it, you know, in terms of passions, I, I have a couple of professional passions, uh, petroleum history and giving back to my alma maters. I, I serve as an advisor to the board of directors for the Drakewell Museum. Um, this site commemorates uh, where Edwin Drake 
first struck oil in Titusville back in 1859, ushering in the petroleum industry in northwestern Pennsylvania. And I'm also a visiting instructor in the geology department at Allegheny College, where I developed and teach a course in Pennsylvania oil and gas geology. Wow, that's amazing. I had no idea that they struck oil back in 1859. That's so much earlier than other reports that I've heard and read about, like in the South. That's really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So could you please uh, tell us a little bit more about what some of the specific challenges are to Pennsylvania and how do those challenges impact our national and global response to sustainable climate resilience? Sure. Pennsylvania does have some uh, very big challenges uh, in this arena. In, in you know, First and foremost, three fossil fuels, coal, mm -hmm. coal, oil, and gas have been a big part of our state's economy for the last couple centuries. And uh, today, Pennsylvania is home to major energy, power, industry, and manufacturing businesses. And, and all of these account for many different types and, and sizes of uh, CO2 emissions all over our state. Mm -hmm. um, so matching those CO2 sources to sinks is gonna require an all hands on deck approach uh, where we look to geologic storage, uh, enhanced recovery of petroleum hydrocarbons with some associated CO2 storage, and even beneficial use applications and carbon products. All of those things are gonna be needed. Um, that, that our landscape of being such a large state with diverse uh, and scattered CO2 point source emissions is inevitably gonna require pipelines mm -hmm. and storage infrastructure, which can be a, you know, a sticky thing to have to communicate to the public as we, we talk about these these uh, economic and technical opportunities. Um, but we do seek to support production of our existing natural resources and the jobs that go along with them. Um, and that's all part of, of making an aggressive push to reduce our net carbon emissions. Um, I, if I had to like really itemize some things that, mm -hmm. that Pennsylvania is lacking or that I see um, are, are hurdles of sorts, I think first and foremost, you know, as a geologist, I would come at it saying we've, we still have yet to learn as much as we ought to know about our deep subsurface. So we have, um, our part of the Appalachian Basin is, is very deep in southwestern Pennsylvania, could be up to 20,000 feet deep. So, you know, the rocks that are more than a mile uh, deep, down to the bottom of the, the basin, you know, the, the, uh, to the top of Precambrian basement rock. We're talking a significant chunk of, of resources there that we have very little uh, specific information on. And um, beyond the, the geology, um, we do not have currently legislation that defines rules of the road for poor space or storage reservoir access. Uh, all in the midst of the active mining and petroleum hydrocarbon production activities that Pennsylvania is well known for. Uh, and finally, I would say we could really benefit from some from uh, some streamlined regulation of injection wells that are going to be needed for geologic carbon storage projects. Mm -hmm. So um, 
you know, we're working through all those hurdles, uh, on all those hurdles through our MRCI project, as well as with our state-focused uh, interagency work group. And I really do see the MRCI project as vital to our efforts uh, to educate Pennsylvanians on the complex web of factors that are integral to employing, deploying CCUS in our state and the greater mid-Atlantic region. So that's another way of saying it's not just the geology that's important mm -hmm. and that has to be um, fully understood and explained to our citizens, but also environmental regulation, uh, policy items, the physical infrastructure I mentioned before, and you know ways to fund all of this. Um, we want them, we want Pennsylvanians to understand why this matters and how our state is uniquely positioned to lead our region through the current energy transition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the bit that you were talking about with uh, the legislation, is that something that starts county by county or is that something that has to be undertaken at the state or the federal level? level? Like, where do you start with that? Yeah, so with, with respect to legislation, um, I can say that our uh, state uh, initiative, that work group, has uh, been engaging some external stakeholders and the industries that are out there are supportive of looking at carbon storage projects, you know, realistically and in mm -hmm. the short and near term future. So our work group uh, with input from those external stakeholders is developing some draft uh, legislation that would, would address things like poor space access, um, conveyance of poor space, you know, who owns it in the first place, sure. um, how do you access it safely, as well as, um, you know, how does that stuff around carbon storage efforts uh, live and work when there is also mineral states in the sub estates in the subsurface, active drilling, mm -hmm. um, how you know how the, how the liability and ownership for the CO two uh, before, during, and after injection, you know where does that go and who has the responsibility for stewardship? So we're attack we're attempting to tackle this at the state level uh, cool. currently. Yeah, that's great. I th it sounds really complex, but I also think that if you guys can get something to work, um, it would serve as a great model for so many other states, hopefully to follow suit in some capacity. Yeah. I've noticed lately that there has been uh, some negative press coverage on the DOE's CCS or CCUS efforts. Uh, for example, about a month ago, there was an article in a World Oil magazine why do you think that this is happening or can you comment on that? And then what do people, meaning scientists like us or non-scientists, the public, need to know about making an educated decision about whether or not they want to support carbon capture? Yes, yeah, so uh, to your first, the first part of the question, I, I know that some see CCUS as a crutch for coal-fired power plants, for example, uh, to keep operating when, in, in their view, um, we should be looking to more sustainable and renewable sources of energy, uh, you know, to provide us electricity and heat yeah. and so on. Uh, but it, you know, it also could be that 
the oil industry in particular, maybe they're trying to find their place in the current energy transition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for example, I know the fact that, and we do have some industry interest uh, in Pennsylvania seeking this approach where they're, they're using natural gas, shale gas, um, to make blue hydrogen. Sure. So the blue indicating that you, you, know, you store the CO2 that's made in that process you know, you store it underground, you know, you sequester it. Um, That process can bolster the natural gas industry as we transition to other types of energy. And and that's just one example for how petroleum hydrocarbons are really a a, a big, important part of the journey to a net zero economy. Um, But, you know, as far as uh, people, you know, whether they're technically uh, trained or not, I would say people in general seem to uh, don't they don't fully understand the subsurface and they can't necessarily envision how CO2 once injected can stay down there safely for decades upon decades. Um, and I've had conversations with both everybody along the spectrum from um, PhD trained geologists to uh, lay lay public, you know, uh, friends and, and, and people that I don't work with. Um, and regardless of their background, that is still something that, you know, understanding and trying to visualize the subsurface and what's happening there and how can that really be safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's more, you know, I, I think people need to understand and grasp that uh, carbon capture and storage is, is necessary for meeting emissions reductions in many sectors it's it's not just about power yeah. generation it's not just about coal-fired power plants you know certain industries and pennsylvania has a lot of them but i'll use cement as a case in point they're still going to have co2 emissions even if they power their facilities with renewable energy sources it's it's a part of doing business that's part of their emission when they're making their product so yeah. you know climate change mitigation is is going to need and require uh, deploying many uh, or a whole portfolio of policies and technical approaches. So CCUS, which we're talking about today, is just one of them. Mm-hmm. It's not the only one. There is no magic bullet, but CCUS in concert with nuclear efficiencies, renewables, switching fuels, etc. You know, all those things have to work together in order for us to reduce and eventually get to a point where we've eliminated carbon emissions to the atmosphere. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that and for being so transparent. I think transparency is really important to people these days. So um, thank you. Is there anything in the state of Pennsylvania that is helping or hindering the development of CCUS in the state? Yes, we have a lot of things going for us. And then there are some things that could be viewed as going against Mm -hmm. uh you know the seeking a a future with ccus i'll start with the the geology aspect of it Mm -hmm. uh pennsylvania is a large state and we've got multiple physiographic provinces and different types of rocks um, many of which have been altered by tectonic events over geologic time in other words our geology is anything but a monolith Uh, our rocks have been mined for oil gas coal 
mineral resources for more than a century. But most of that activity has really focused, been focused on the uppermost mile of uh, sedimentary rock cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, to understand the full potential of, of Pennsylvania's subsurface geology as it would be applied to carbon storage, we really need to investigate that deep subsurface, you know, 5,000 to maybe 20,000 feet or more uh, using seismic data, test wells, and, and related technology. So, you know, to be sure that kind of works pricey, securing funding and or facilitating data sharing from external sources is going to be vital for us to be able to take that complexity and, you know, understand it better and turn it around and prove out the resource for carbon storage. Um, now, it, another thing I'd say is that Pennsylvania was an original member of the Midwest Regional Carbon Sequestration Partnership, that's mm-hmm. MRCSP uh, referred to, and uh, it was one of the seven regional partnerships funded by U.S. Department of Energy um, in in the last couple decades and led by uh, our colleagues at Battelle. So now we're working with them again and the Illinois Geological Survey as part of a newer project or initiative called the Midwest Regional Carbon Initiative. That's the MRCI project I mentioned. Mm -hmm. And that's considered the next iteration of uh, looking at the northeastern quadrant of the United States. Uh, We've essentially joined the MRCSP region uh, of 10 states with the, um, the coverage from the Midwest Geological sequestration consortium uh, and Illinois survey folks. And we've added some additional states, including the New England uh, region. And now this study area covers 20 states and really about almost 40% of the the nation's population. So this, this project has been very important to our state in terms of its focused outreach Mm -hmm. that, that Patel is facilitating the interstate coordination we have with our uh, geology team partners, geologic data sharing, analysis, and, and all the technical support uh, back and forth. So, you know, it, it really has been a good thing uh, in terms of advancing understanding and eventually, hopefully, hopefully getting to that point of deploying CCUS uh, in Pennsylvania in, in, the, in the next few years. Um, because through our work with uh, Battelle on these these projects, we've shown that Pennsylvania's got a lot of different geologic resources, and yeah, they might be complex, and they're not um, as as uh, simple to um, characterize or understand as some as in some places of the the country. Um, they could be beneficially used and or permanently, you know, used for permanent geologic storage opportunities. Um, we've been characterizing our resources as stacked storage opportunities because we do know that well we do have multiple reservoirs at different depths and um, they may not be laterally extensive but when you stack them vertically Mm -hmm. you 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 build up a storage uh, portfolio and um, you know the the stakeholder coordination and uh, regulatory engagement has been vital to ensure um, that we explain and make the case for responsible management of of the Commonwealth's natural resources, including the stuff that folks don't see. That is, you know, all the subsurface geology. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
you know, from a state perspective, um, that CCUS interagency work group had um, a help to uh, this deployment initiative for CCUS because in the last couple years, we've been um, collaborating amongst our state agencies to think outside the box and consider policies that are going to help deploy CCUS. But we've recently engaged external stakeholders, so folks from industry and uh, NGOs Mm -hmm. and and others to help us with this effort. Uh, This is truly a coalition of the willing, Mm -hmm. but I do see a need for better coordination of these opportunities. You know, maybe it's through a new agency commission of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all, it's also abundantly clear that we need more than that. You know, we need stuff like the legislation to define and help manage that reservoir pore space. And we yeah. need some better regulatory guidance for operators so they can um, understand the timing and permitting process for their injection wells here in the state. Absolutely. So we've talked a lot about, or you've talked a lot about the challenges of CCUS. Could you take a moment to highlight the benefits of having CCUS in your region? Sure. Uh, You know, I do see CCUS is not just uh, an environmental imperative for decarbonization, but it's also an economic opportunity mm-hmm. for Pennsylvania and mm-hmm. the, the larger Appalachian region. And, and so far, you know, even beyond that, the whole MRCI region of 20 states. Um, the current energy transition that we're in right now, uh, of which CCUS is proving to be a prominent component, stands to offer job security okay. to the industries that we have, but also, you know, is giving rise and hopefully will continue to give rise to innovative new industries mm-hmm. like hydrogen is mm-hmm. just one example. Um, so, you know, we know CCUS is necessary for meeting emissions reductions in the, the power industry and other sectors. Um, but it's not just because geologic volumetric storage um, can take so much more or sequester so much more CO2 than terrestrial means or some of the other approaches that have been used um, across the country. It's necessary because it gives industrial emitters, of which Pennsylvania has many, Mm -hmm. and, you know, our steel and cement industries are are two big ones that are, you know, big emitters. Um, It gives them a pathway to eliminate their CO2 emissions when they can't decarbonize solely by, you know, switching fuels uh, or turning to a a renewable power source of sorts. So, um, you know, I do think by implementing CCUS technologies, we, we have to, you know, do it thoughtfully and safely and logically. Uh, But once we get out there and do it, we'll show that Pennsylvania is not going to just survive the energy transition, but it it should be able to thrive, you know, in a future net zero economy. Absolutely. Lastly, do you have any advice for people interested in learning more about carbon capture or are looking to perhaps begin a career in it? Maybe they... Um, don't necessarily have a petroleum background or a skill set in the past that can help them learn more about this? Yes. So uh, 
I would say, you know, I definitely have some advice for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been working on CCUS for almost two decades. And despite that, uh, we still don't have a CCUS project here in Pennsylvania. Mm. I've seen support for components of CCUS wax and wane during that time. And, and I really feel like I've been on a teeter-totter. Yeah. Um, I joined the survey to be a petroleum geologist and to do reservoir characterization with my you know background in, in aqueous geochemistry and hydrogeology. Um, you know, CCUS just found us, found mm-hmm. um, our subsurface geology group at the survey. So um, we've been, it's a role we've grown into and have come to support, but it really has had its ups and downs. Uh, back in 2009, um, we really did enjoy some strong government agency support for CCUS, both, domet- both uh, within the state and nationally, but the private sector did not seem interested here in Pennsylvania at that time. The Marcellus Shale was booming. Uh, the proposed federal cap and trade legislation never came to pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, fast forward to the last few years, I've seen support growing again. Uh, at least from the state government perspective, and, and our Wolf administration is supportive of of um, our work on CCUS now, um, as well as organizations like the the Great Plains Institute, who seek to advance you know CC through us through CCUS, excuse me, through uh, policy support. But you know, at the same time, there's still those out there who have jumped to the conclusion that we need merely only you know let let's buy an electric vehicle and seek our electricity from solar and wind, Mm -hmm. and that will save earth. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I say all this, uh, you know, just so your, so your listeners uh, who may be interested in a CCUS career know, um, it's been a long haul. It's, it's, it's a complex topic because it's a multidisciplinary topic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So in that regard, I would recommend, uh, you know, studying a core science discipline if it's, whether it's geology or earth science, physics, chemistry, uh, and take on a comp, at least a, a, a minor, if not a double major, depending on your situation, uh, something that complements the science. So mm-hmm. economics, technical writing, political science, communications. You know, I found um, over the last, well, 30 years of my career that um, I had, I have to lean not just on the science that I learned and have, um, you know, expanded upon um, over the years from college to graduate school, but all the writing, communication and business experience that I've gotten on the job um, has been necessary to to keep CCUS on the table, at least for consideration. Um, And we're still not to the the point of deployment. So um, you have to, you know, think um, broadly and in a multidisciplinary fashion. Um, so even if you're a not, not a scientist first and foremost, there are all those other aspects of a CCUS economy, a, a, a net zero economy that you can uh, really contribute to the success of by, by taking these, um, these studies on. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your interview today, Chris. It was amazing. I know that there are going to be people out there that are going to listen to this and really learn something from it. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks again for having me. Yep. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. Today's podcast features individuals from the Regional Initiative to Accelerate CCUS Deployment in the Midwest and Northeastern U.S., the Southeast Regional Carbon Utilization and Storage Partnership, and lastly, the Plains Carbon Dioxide Reduction Partnership Initiative to Accelerate CCUS Deployment.